So we got all these worlds, right? We got all these all these planes, all these places. How do we how do we bring them together? How do we monetize these worlds? Okay, well, hear me out. Hear me out. Right? Surely you've been to the movies lately. You know that uh, the start game and Avengers Endgame. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Making all what that if? What if we do our own? We have a little bit of time travel. We bring everyone together. It's a big multiverse thing. What do you think? Send it. What is going on with the Crew 3 podcast? I'm Rose Ruckman. With me as always... It's my co-host, Chris. <laughs> Not last week, but usually always. Usually always. It's Chris. Uh, and then we'll have a little piped-in bit with Ricky, which uh, I would say unfortunately, but also it's it's a real cool reason. Ricky's not celebrating a friend's birthday. So it's Chris and I this week and uh, for the main show, and then we'll have a little bit of a segment here uh, in a little bit with me and Ricky discussing RCQ and doing a couple spoilers, because that's kind of what Chris and I are going to be doing this week. Not as much as last week's episode where it was just Mostly Rick and I talking RCQs. We're going to do a little bit of our RCQ scenarios. We kind of wind down the RCQ season. I know it goes to the end of September, but I feel like uh, all the Pioneer ones are kind of about run and dry about now, at least in our general greater Texas area. <laughs> um, we're going to talk about the challenge topics real quick, then we're going to round off with some spoilers. So, uh, yeah, buddy, how you doing? Hey, I am uh, hanging in there. We're, we're fresh off uh, you know, a couple RCQs. And get into the swing of paper magic, which I am I am absolutely loving, even if uh, you know, the top half of my deck never seems to contain a Grace Fang. Uh that's okay. You know, we don't need that. We're we're spiritually winners on the inside, and yeah. I love rooting on my friends. Okay. Well, I need you to keep rooting me on as I go four for four in top eights next weekend. I'm ready for it, my man. I'm I'm excited for but, you. But hope hopefully it's gonna be you though. I want you there with me. I appreciate it. I'll I'll uh we're gonna figure something out. We we've had some good luck. We've had multiple conversions. Ricky and I, of course, as you'll hear more about later on, uh, we played in one, and uh, fortunately, Ricky did not make the conversion to top eight, but myself and two of his riding buddies from San Antonio, or myself and two of his riding buddies from San Antonio converted to top eight, so yeah, we've been, I think we've been doing pretty good, been having uh, like generally a lot of good magic in our friend group between like you, Nate, all, uh, like me, Ricky, all the other San Antonio guys he rides with, stuff like that, so it's been a, been a good time for Pioneer for the boys, I would say. Yeah, I think I think so. I think this is a a great time. I think unfortunately, you know, we're we're headed to third and fourth quarter, which is going to be a really rough blitz for me at work, um, wherein I will not get to take much time off. But um, I'll still be playing uh, locally and brewing some decks up because as we're going to see with some of these spoilers coming out, I think there's going to be some some hot decks and, and plenty of time to uh, brew some stuff up, you know, and see where it goes. Yeah, so definitely some spicy spiciness. So real quick. Before we go into those challenge top eights, there's also a Pioneer 5K, uh, but because it was on Melee, the deck names are kind of weird here and there, so I'm not really going to be going into that, but I will link it below so you, if you want to go see some uh, general, just bigger paper stakes magic events get played. Um, uh, the number one deck I don't think is very surprising, so I do kind of want to talk about it a little bit here. Uh, but from for that, though, Chris, buddy, tell me about your RCQ event. Yeah, it was pretty great. You gotta you gotta shout out the I think Dragon Lord Garkaroth is our Discord user from our crew three. Uh-huh. Their screen name? Uh Elder Dragon Gargaroth? Elder Dragon Gargaroth, something like that. 
Anyway, for, Dragon Lord Carter. You're right, Dragon Lord. Dragon Lord Carter. Carter. For, right. them, but, they, but you you would see them if you're in a Discord uh, top-aided with their own kind of spicy Mardu list. I'm not going to go too much into it, just because I don't know how much they they want me to say. But they were on some uh, some Esper like enchantments previously and switched to this to make finals of the RCQ uh, down there at San Antonio. So that was exciting. And unfortunately for our friend Nate and then my new buddy Alex that I've made uh, <clears throat> a really good buddy made recently playing in, in locals here in Austin, they arrived to the wrong tournament venue. There's unfortunately, I heard, of, I heard uh, about this. Yeah. There's unfortunately multiple of this store. It's a, it's a chain. And so, uh, yeah, they were like, you know, showed up at the store 30 minutes early, stopped to get some food. They're kind of mulling around the store. Like oh, at some point we'll go check in. They go to check in and they're like, <clears throat> Oh no, that's the other store. And they're like, what? So they freak out, call the store. But at that point, like they're, I think a solid 20 or 30 minutes away. So they could not wait and hold everybody up 20 or 30 minutes for them to get over. <clears throat> so unfortunately I took a round one match loss with sucks, but Nate ended up doing well. I ended up playing Nate, I think in, in round two, and we played some really, really close games. I unfortunately, like, even though I knew it was the case, I tried to get too cute in a game two against Nate. And then on game three, he just uh, he just destroyed me. Game one, I got him pretty good. Game two, I outplayed myself. And then game three, I just got I got turned three as Abzan does because I was on my Esper Grease Fang nonsense. So I think I ended up like six rounds, three and three throughout the day. But uh, started off like pretty rough. I think I was like like one. I think I was like zero oh and two start. Battled back to like two and three, and then finished the last round with a with a W. But I played against like several friends, so it was definitely a fun time, but not the way I would have liked to start. Round one was unfortunately against a Rakdos player, and again, if that was one of those times where like, man, if if Grease Fang is anywhere in my top half of my deck, I uh, I win the game because we just went draw go for like four turns. I had eliminated all the threats, but unfortunately, it was it was not to be. So live by the Fang, die by the Fang, you know. Yeah. Meanwhile, I uh, had a very auspicious start to my weekend. As I was sleeving up, uh, I did it. I sleeved up mono green. Yeah. I I was I was at the gym on Tuesday. I saw Bailey tweet out. Uh, it was a Tuesday or Wednesday. I saw Bailey uh, BCS uh, on Twitter tweet out, and of course now playing Pioneer.com tweet out uh, their version of mono green. With Teferi, who slows the sunset. More on that card here in a bit. And uh, I said, well, you know, uh, I never thought I'd be buying magic cards at 5.30 in the morning while working out. But here we are. Uh, um, so I ordered the cards there. They showed up just in time. I'm sleeping my deck up as a massive storm is hitting. And the power is, like, flickering as I'm sleeping up mono green. I'm just like, uh, I have no idea what bad angry spirit I just awoken with this. <laughs> there you go. But it was a very, very auspicious start to that deck's life. But we uh, we had a round one loss to to Mono Blue, a deck I've very rarely seen in Houston. And then we rallied back. Unfortunately, I had to play Ricky in round four, which is kind of our we are both uh, two and one at that point. And it was, that was the uh, whoever wins his life for top eight, whoever loses is pretty much out of it. Uh, we had a hard fought best of three, and we'll go more to that. Like I said, with Ricky's segment here. Uh, in a couple minutes. And uh, I won. We pulled it out. We had a really, really interesting game, uh, interesting match five against a really cool uh, Soul Tie deck. Uh, not really, del- kind of Delirium. Uh, not really, though. It was, it was Delirium. They had like 
uh, Tassiger, Font of Fertility, really cool list. Actually, I'm, I'm really bummed I did I forgot to ask the player. I know they're a local player, so maybe I could track them down and ask what the deck list was so I could share that out. Um, and uh, we, had, we had like a 15-minute judge call because opponents on the play in game three, and he just goes, uh, Pathway, uh, Thought Sees You, um, and he just, but he plays like the blue side of it. And he's like, um, he's like, do you mind just my, like, so he's like, uh, I'm going like, to play this pathway on black side. Thought sees you. I reveal the hand. We go through the thought sees. And then as he's like, go, as I go to my turn and he's like, you know, now flipping the pathway to the right side, he goes, oh no. I'm like, what? He's like, this is a blue green pathway. Oh, dang. And so we're like, judge. And, you know, I'm like, I know this is going to go. Um, it sucks. Like, what's going to happen is we're going to wind back to when he casts the thoughts. He's, he can't actually cast it. Um, the game state's reverted. I get my Elvish Mystic back. And he just unfortunately knows my hand. Yeah. Um, and But he just has, like, a pathway in play, right? Yeah. Um, and then, but it takes, like, 15 minutes. Our judge, really great judge, by the way. But it's, you know, it's it's an interesting ruling. Uh, but he was curious on how far back to rewind. Uh, and actually, they re-round back to the initial land drop. Okay, interesting. And, you know, luckily for me, my opponent didn't have a black source in their hand. Which is why the situation was even more awkward. And why, like, the discussion took so long. So eventually, you know, um, the board state ended up where I thought it was going to, uh, but it rewound a little bit further than I thought it was going to. Mm. Uh, opponent just re- replayed their pathway on blue side and passed because their only other land in hand was an island. So that makes sense because, uh, like the, yeah. uh, like you can't, you can't make that legal play. So like they didn't, you know, they didn't even yeah. play it on like a side or something like that. I think, yeah, like like the the intent was like the reason is the intent was to play black side play Thoughtseize, but of course they couldn't even make the play Blackside play, so there we were right uh, back that far. We got one interesting call, which involved a game that Ricky was involved in, which is where uh, Ricky's opponent was trying to resolve um, Emergent Ultimatum, and had grabbed uh, Omniscience, and I think Pour Over the Pages, uh-huh. in addition to a card that Ricky didn't let them cast, because he was like, that would be, that would be game-ending. Um, and while he was trying to cast these spells... Ricky's opponent was like, okay, I'm going to float this mana. And Ricky was like, I think he could probably do it, but I wasn't sure, which is the right thing to do. Like, if you're not sure, even if your opponent acts confident, that seems a little weird to me. You call the judge. And the judge ruled how, like, it made sense to me. Like, unless you know that rule, like, there's just no way to know it. And in fact, like, they got backed up by an L3 over a Discord saying, no, like, the spells resolve as part of the spell. You cannot um, float mana. But the player was yeah. like, well, I do it on MTGO all the time. Like, it's part of the combo. It's like you can float some mana while you're resolving the spells, even though you have to cast them because, like, you know, mana doesn't use the stack. So it yeah. turned out the player was actually right. You are allowed to float yes. mana while, while resolving the spell because, again, it doesn't use a stack. But the judge was like, well, you don't even get priority to add mana. And it was this whole thing. But super interesting one. We had a fantastic judge there also who I think was was not only – um, friendly but experienced, did a really great job. So uh, super happy with the judges for these last you know couple events. Even though there were some tough calls, I think to be made, I think that you know the way the judge program works, we, we've been getting lucky with some of the judges we've had. 
Yeah, I, I, well, I find it funny. Some of the better judges I've had experience with lately um, are just old L2s that aren't part of Judge Academy anymore. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, uh, because, you know, hey, I I have issues with Judge Academy as a former judge. Yeah. So, granted, I've had judge issues with the judge program for a while now, honestly. Uh, like, we're talking, like, exemplar program. If you know, you know exemplar program is kind of a problem. Yeah. But anyway, uh, neither here nor there. Uh, anything else about those events you want to talk about, your, your event you want to talk about? Um, in my, in my event, not, not really. I tried some, like, uh, blue red control before the event and it didn't really go well for me. Like I was, I've been super high on, um, divide by zero, but the card's like too slow right now, at least in our metagame. And one of the things is I try and like get a little more active in content is that like in our area, there's a lot of like pressure decks, whether they be aggro, mid range, whatever. And I'm um, not a ton of control. So right now it does feel like Divide by Zero is a little bit too slow, at least in the RCQ paper meta that we're seeing. Yeah. I'll tell you what card really impressed me this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, a blue-white control player I played in top four had it. It was Reject. Uh, what does that counter? It's it's Mana League for Creatures and Planeswalkers. Oh, okay, interesting. And then it exiles it. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Uh, anyway, let's uh, let's take a look at these challenge top eights. Like I said, uh, after we go through these challenge top eights, I'll uh, I'll pump in my talk with Ricky here, and then we'll cut back to me and Chris talking about some spoilers. So in uh, in eighth place on let me make sure this is the right challenge first the twenty first. Uh, no, I want the twentieth. All right, on the twentieth uh, in eighth place we have Bolivo on Azorius Control. Sixth place, we have Spiral Prince on Rakdos Midrange. In fifth place, we have... I did skip seven. Okay. Uh, in fifth place, we have Ariki on Bant Spirits. In fourth place, we have Lupido MTG on Rakdos Midrange. Third place, Edel on Rakdos Sacrifice. Second place, Harry 13 on Azorius Control. And first place, Remp on Bant Spirits. Wow, talk about, like, people who are used to playing those, those archetypes. Remp on Spirits... Everything on Azorius Control. Uh, if I remember right, like I think pretty sure Willie's uh, Willie Edel's been jamming a lot of a lot of Rakdos lately. So pretty uh, pretty good looking top eight there. Where you talk about people who know their archetypes, wouldn't you say? Absolutely, yeah. I think um, you know these are names that we've seen before a lot, right? So it's pretty wild to see uh, to see them do so well. But you know, hey, like I said, practice practice makes perfect. Yeah, for sure. All right, moving on to Sunday's challenge. Uh, in eighth place, we have WK Midori on Hidden Strings. Uh, seventh place, Japanese Fisherman on Jun Sacrifice. Sixth place, Gracias Portanto on We Got Bant Karn now. Uh, we'll definitely come back to that deck list. Fifth place, we have Ocean Soul 92 on Boros Aggro. Fourth place, McWin Sauce on Bant Ramp once again. Uh, third place, uh, Wanma AT on Abzan Grease Fang. Second place, Oh, sunk on Abzan Grease Fang. And first place, uh, Archer Archer Geese. Yeah, Archer Geese. Yeah, sorry. Apologies. I always horribly mispronounce your name on Bant Spirit. So, uh, very good weekend for the Spooky Boys. You know, I love to see it. But, of course, the big thing this weekend, let's talk about this Bant Ramp deck list that I also played to a top four finish in my RCQ. Um, and that is, we found the new tech of Teferi who stares at the sun 
And uh, now Chris and I were having a little bit of talk before this. And uh, while, yes, the deck is still very good without this tech, Teferi is gross. And I think Teferi is going to make it so something has to happen with this deck. Oh, yeah? Because let me break it down for you. With Teferi in play, as long as you have five devotion, with one of it being from a mana dork, you're going infinite. Yeah. Because Teferi... So for those that don't know, Teferi's plus one lets you untap one target artifact, up to one, up to one target artifact, up to one target creature, up to one target land. Um, you get to untap those or tap them. You get to choose, sorry, you get to choose up to those. You can tap or untap those. Um, untap if you control, tap them if you don't control them, and you gain two life. So the plan here is now we get to Karn for our Chain Veil. We get to activate Chain Veil, and then we get to activate Teferi, which will untap one of those mana dorks, our Nykthos, and our Chain Veil. So now we don't have to do the weird loop of like, Karns and Kioras looping around to mm. activate our Chain Veil and things like that. Lilia just takes five Devotion, including a Mana Dork, and we're going infinite. The amount of games where I just went from no board to just being like, all right, turn five, you, uh, you're dead. And the opponent's like, what? And I'm like, yeah, so I play this Teferi. Uh, I'm going to make like eight mana. I'm going to activate Karn. I'm going to get this Chain Veil. And you're dead. I have gained infinite life and I've gained infinite mana of any color I want. As long as, because uh, I, I was playing like two carried, so um, it's a lot easier when you have carried in play. If not, guess what? You're still fine. Uh, you'll find a way to make. Uh, you can go to like your treasure alt from the, the sideboard just to make treasure, and that way you can use your um, pestilent college to actually get the kill. But more often than not, um, gaining infinite life is going to be enough to win you the game because usually you'll just be able to eventually get there through just beatdowns. Otherwise, makes sense to me. So I just think Teferi makes. So, like, adding the Chain Veil definitely sped up the combo, but still made it a little dirtily, and you kind of really had to, like, know what the game plan was. I think the initiative to Fairy just, like, trivializes the combo to being the main game plan, and you're just a beatdown as a deck as, like, a backup plan now. We just kind of switched roles here. And I think now it's time to sound the motto green alarm for real this time, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I, I could I could see it. Like, I think the deck's strong. I think, again, the only thing is, like, <clears throat> if you're going to try and combo, <clears throat> turn three G- Grease Fang still kind of just gets you, you know? Like, okay, yes, the deck is still weak to Grease Fang, and it is still weak to, like, Mono Blue Spirits. Those are the two, like, awful, awful matchups, right? Yeah. But I just think this deck takes away the chance for them to slip up, you know, at like Grease Fang and Mono Blue could if they slipped up a bit, they had another turn or two generally to kind of reestablish control of things. And I just think that like this just shuts the door on every other deck yeah. that tries to do that. Not saying that like, you know, obviously within Ruckman, why didn't it win the events? Obviously stuff happens, right? Like you look at the top three of Sunday's challenge, it's two Grease Fang decks and Bant Spirits. Like, I don't want to play either of those matchups. Uh, having having played like mono, it's bad spirits, not mono blue spirits, and having played the grease fang, they're not fun matchups to play. You got to get lucky. You got to hope your opponents and dunk their grease fang combo and turn three you, like Chris said. But I think this deck makes the combo trivial enough that like we got to do something. I'm still behind. Possibly Karn's got. 
I, if you ask me right now, I kind of just want Karn to go because, like, War of the Spark was a mistake. Maybe we just reban Oath of Nyssa, which is, like, the real kind of enabler for all this joke nonsense. Like, the five-color greed piles that Mono Green has become. Uh, I don't want Nykthos to go. I think Nykthos gives the format some fun identity uh, and can help a lot of decks exist uh, that we normally don't see. And I think just without Karn, without Oath of Nyssa, the deck kind of goes back to being just a tier two kind of Dural Knot deck. And yeah, I don't know. What, do you, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think that it's something we can keep an eye on. I mean, the deck definitely does some pretty gross stuff and like it, it tilts the format, right? Like I, I am just in favor again, like War of the Spark was a mistake and I tell everybody that I can that deleting that set would make magic as, as a whole just better. Uh, it just would. And, and I think that, you know, Karn is a problem just because it's like, you know, you want to play Karn in your artifact deck, but it also shuts down your artifact deck. And same thing, like, same problem to Fairy had, right? Like, three Fairy, you know, you wanted to play it in your control deck, it shut down the opposing control deck, and it was all a race about who drew the, the three Fairy faster, you know? So I think that same kind of principle applies here. I, I you know, I want to get rid of Karn just for a lot of reasons. I think it's the worst card in the deck as far as what it does otherwise, right? Shutting down artifacts is just kind of dumb, you know? Yeah. So... Um, it's tough to say if it's, if it's there yet, but it definitely could be right. I think it's on our, it's on shredder watch. It's definitely on shredder watch. Uh, yeah, I mean, so those, those events, uh, like I said, link below also for the 5k, if you want to go look for that. And of course, as always link below for the leaves to go look at all those spices, but we're going to kick it over to Ricky and I real quick. And we'll be back with spoiler talk. All right, Ricky. Uh, of course, you can be on the main episode, but I got you here for a little bit to uh, talk about our RCQ shenanigans, talk about the tiniest toilet we've ever seen, yeah. and uh, go over a couple more spoilers for the people. I, I couldn't make it to the main episode because I was too busy contemplating my life in the tiny toilet. I fell in the tiny toilet. Yeah, we almost didn't get you out. It was really hard there. So I, I'll post the picture on on Twitter but what for the people at home, what was the tiny toilet? In the bathroom, this premium store, this store I also want to just mention is the nicest. Hal- Halcyon Games in Houston. The nicest store I've ever seen. Uh, but all tricks aside, there are uh, small child versions of a sink and a toilet next to their normal-sized counterparts inside the private bathroom, uh, which is just funny. Hardest decision I made all weekend. One – if people don't know that it's a private bathroom, right, as opposed to, like, a bathroom where, like, there's multiple stalls and one bunch of people go in at a time, right? If they don't yeah. know it's a private bathroom, they see the image of the two toilets next to each other, and they're just like, oh, is that how we're doing it, right? Yeah. Two, it's just funny because it's extra tiny because of how it's sitting right next to the real thing. I don't know. I was just – it was just so funny to me. I'm just so disappointed I didn't think of the idea to have someone take our pictures sitting on them together. Right, exactly. Next to each other until we were at dinner. Yeah, it was too late. Uh, one of my buddies actually took a picture, a panoramic wide of the bathroom. And he got second place and the next day he sent it to uh, our car, just the text message of that image and says, at least we'll always have tiny toilet. <laughs> tiny toilet is too strong. It was pretty funny. I just like that, like, I forget what picture I was trying to send, like, our friend chat, and I sent the tiny toilet, and I'm like, no context needed for that, but this yeah. is the image I was trying to send. 
And we had the guy that kept going into there, and I, and I don't blame him. He had to consult the tiny toilet. Right. But uh, all in all, it was a great event. Lots of people. Uh, these uh, capped at 32 events are kind of brutal. Yeah, right? Because they just, like, not no X2s make it. Some of the X1s won't make it. Some of the X11s won't make it. Like, it's just, like... Dude, the people who are, like... Some of the people who draw in, I'm just like, y'all should play. Nah, we're just gonna draw and just roll the dice. Okay. Like, we gotta, like, when you get to 33, it becomes a soft tournament again. Because they're capping it at 32, it's just the most brutal grinder of a tournament, you know? Yeah, you're... You, just just uh, draw round four if you're undefeated, and then play round five. Right. Like, it's just kind of wild. But it's, it's also interesting, too, because it's like, you know... I had a round one loss, and then luckily was able to rally back and just four zero the rest of the event. Well, and that puts you like number one seed. I honestly think that in our matchup, I think I deprived you of enough resources that I could have won. Except you probably could have. There was this new man in the way. Uh, you know, the most prominent mono green planeswalker. He, well, the problem is, Ricky, he didn't see you because he's been staring at the sun too long. He's been staring at the sun too long. I just... Teferi, who slows the sunset... I don't know. Did you guys talk about this already? We did a little bit. I just gotta bring it up again because, like... Chris, Chris, like... Chris, like, was like, okay, cool, yeah, sure. Uh, I'm not saying that like, he was, like, really downplaying it, but I, I feel like it's a card that you look at, and until you, like, hard lose to it, it doesn't feel real. I'm going to press the like, button. I'm just going to do yeah. it. Karn yeah. Watch 2022 official. It's official? Play the shredder noises.
I think so. I, I agree. I think I think it is. I think it is Karn Watch. Like I said earlier on the show, I'm definitely agree with you that it's Karn Watch. And I think Teferi does it. I mean, I think that before Mono Green was like kind of this wild deck that like lost to Hyper Aggro and beat up on the mid range players and could win out of nowhere. But like it couldn't really win out of nowhere. Like that was sort of an exaggeration. Like to combo off and kill you, you needed. Like 10, 12 devotion. You needed 13 or more. devotion. It was 14, but then Chain Veil lowered it to 13. But now Teferi is in the mix. But now Teferi makes it 5 as long as you have a Mana Dork. You can go off with 5 devotion and a man- if you have a Mana Dork, 6 devotion without a Mana Dork. And when you play him, you just start gaining life. Yeah. Which is kind of so wild. There, and like, there are several games that, like, you don't even need to, like, go through the hoops to, like, tutor up your Pestilent Cauldron, because you could just say, like, I'm at infinite life. Right. Like, the thing is also, yeah, because of that, you don't need the Karn to go off. You just play the Karn, stop going to get the stupid boat, just go grab the Chain Veil, get it in your hand, right? Yeah. And then Teferi can do the whole combo by himself, where he just gains a million life, and then, I don't know, I guess if you want to, you can also, like, get an emblem. Well, if you have, if you also if have, you have carried in play, yeah, that one isn't very great. But like, if you have, if you have a carried in play that you're untapping with it, or you can find a carried in, like that's that'll get you the black source to play your cauldron and just be like, I'm saying, like, like you don't like if you play the Karn, tutor for the yeah. like, and then Karn dies, like you don't need another Karn to win the game. Infinite life is pretty deterministic at that point. Yeah, like so, I just like think that it's kind of absolutely wild. That, like, Teferi and, and Six Devotion can go off. And, like, you're kind of going to have a Nykthos. You're going to have a couple permits around. So just being able to storm the festival, find your Teferi, find your your Karn, and you just win on the spot is, like, pretty gross. Especially, like, when you are – if you already have one of them in play, like, it's kind of just game over. And then even if, like, you can stall the board out with just big chunkuses – you could just sit there and anticipate with the fairy until you can finally go off. Right. Like, like the fact that you can anticipate with the fairy to go find your missing piece, Karn, play the chain veil, and now you can start going off again. Like, it, I just think it's quite, quite absurd that you don't need a big board anymore. Like you used to, right? Like literally just one, yeah. one troll on a land and like an elvish mystic. And you've probably got, you know, your oath of Nissa sitting around mm-hmm. and that's enough. You can go off now, you know? So that's wild. Yeah. I think the deck is now officially good enough to ban. I think now especially because to fairy, like just casting him on like turn three, like play your like elf, play your oath of Nissa, And then like turn three, you can just play your to fairy, untap your stuff, maybe play a wolf willow haven or something. And then like, yeah, you gain the two life. And then it's like, I have to beat up the Teferi, like, the aggro decks are having trouble now finishing off mono green because like the four incidental life they'll gain off to fairy plus like if they have to attack to fairy whereas like kiora like didn't gain you life and like it was yeah. so big in loyalty that you didn't even try to fight it yeah i definitely think that like to fairy potentially adding one to two turns onto aggro's clock slows the game down enough that like it slows the sunset they can't, they, yeah exactly uh it slows the sunset on your game plan that they almost can't get through anymore and i think like it takes a deck 
that can just like, you know, if the blue light control player has every counter spell they need to at the right time, if spirits kind of, if like mono blue spirits, banned spirits kind of gets you right, um, or you just have Grease Fang hitting the turn three, like that's kind of all that stands in the deck's way at this point. Right. Um, like I've seen some mono blue player, or sorry, not mono blue, but blue white control players starting to play Void Shatter. Yeah. To try to make the matchup a little better because they can exile the storm. Mm-hmm. But like, it doesn't even matter. Like, just like, it's just so absurd how good that deck is now. Like, it's just, I, it was pretty darn good. It was a pillar of the format, but now I think it is like uh, oppressive to the format. Yeah. Uh, so I've I've said quit complaining about mono green, but now I'm I'm here to say it's time to start complaining about mono green. It's time to start. So what do you think? Obviously, like I'm on board with you. Like it's the Karn ban, right? Could they just like reban Oath of Nissa? I don't want them to ban Nykthos. Like okay, here's the thing. Karn is the most unfun card in their entire, like, suite of cards in that deck that you can ban, right? Yeah. It's like, will there still be mono green decks without Karn? Yes. They won't combo off, and they won't be oppressive. Like, Grease Fang has trouble against the matchup just because if you just resolve Karn and just do nothing with it, I have to, like, remove the Karn before I can kill you. You know... Karn minus go find the Tormod's crypt. That is the worst case scenario. So I mean, like it's. I just think it's that it's really gross. I just think that it's kind of tough. Yeah. Um, it's like like think about it, right? Like even if the deck keeps Nykthos, what happens to? It? Well, it goes back to being like we're gonna play like three Vorinclexes and a Vivian, so we can go tutor up our Ulamog. Cool. Right. That's a way more fun interaction anyway so yeah i just think that it's it's time it's time karn watch you heard it here first uh, if you ban oath and Nissa, nothing literally nothing will change life will continue on if they ban, if stop they ban playing. Nissa, the deck the deck just kind of goes back to yeah, you still probably could just play teferi still <laughs> yeah like i mean like you don't play nickel bull as the god whatever god dingus yeah. i people are like playing like um Route like people are also trying like Ral Zarek. Like, I just love how inbred mono green is getting. Yep, it's time. I'm doing my it's part. Time. Uh, yeah, you're right. I should play it before it gets banned. All right, but uh, you know, I, I, geez, I forget when I, I should have made a note about when I'm putting the segment in the show. Uh, but I think where this is coming up between Chris and I doing the meta and Chris and I talking spoilers. So, technically, you and I are going to talk about spoilers first, but. Uh, Chris and I will cover a lot of spoilers, and like I'll say later on in the show, if we don't get to a spoiler that you want us to talk about, um, let us know what cards we should talk about, what cards we you want our opinions on. Uh, I'm also kind of limiting us to spoilers that were out when we Chris and I initially recorded the episode. So as much as I want to gush about the Merfolk and Elf Lords, you got to wait till next week. Uh, I've... I had two cards in specific that I really wanted to talk about. Yeah, what you got? What you got, Ricky? Uh, the first one I want to talk about is Threats Undetected. Okay, what is this? What is Threats Undetected, Ricky? Uh, well, unfortunately, it's not an instant. Okay. It is a sorcery uh, for green 
and two colorless. I'm trying to find it myself real quick. Hold on so I can read it exactly. Hold on. What day is it under? What day is it under? What day is it? It's the 22nd. It's under the 22nd? Uh, no, I might be wrong. I might have lied to you. <sighs> what year is it? Hold on. Hold for hold for a locate card. You know what? It's on the 19th, but you know what? I just have the card up. Yeah, I've got it. Search your library okay. for up to four creature cards with different powers and reveal them. An opponent chooses two of those cards, shuffle the chosen cards into your library, and put the rest into your hand. Okay, so we get a little gifts ungiven for creatures. I like this. I don't like that they don't go to the graveyard. That would probably be too good. Because then, of yeah. course, you could just, you know, put two cards into your graveyard. It could just be a double entomb, right? Yeah. Um, you don't have to find all four. But in this time, you want to find all four because or else you won't get anything. So they're just covering up their tracks from Gifts Ungiven, right? Mm-hmm. Four creatures with different powers, I think, is a really interesting one. Um, I believe Adelaine has a zero power. Yeah. Uh, so, like, I can see this, like, slotting into, like, a green-white humans deck where you can find, like, uh, like Adelaine plus, like, a bunch of, like, plus Thalia's lieutenant plus uh, Thalia... And then, like, the new... Oh, she's she's a star. Yeah. So Adeline is always going to be your creatures on board. Really? Even when yes. searching? Even when searching. That's kind of wild. Um, but I think this card... Which is, is fine, because super... that, that can make her, like, a five or something like that, you yeah. know? I think this card's, like, kind of super strong, just because it draws you two cards. But not only that, it's going to draw you two cards that you want. Your opponent does get to yeah. choose... I will also say that because this does, like, limit on power, you won't be able to get, like, creatures that all have the same effect. So, like, yeah. you can't get both the Rabble Master and the Goblin Warchief, right? Or the Yeah, but, like, we, we could go get, like, Thalia's Lieutenant, we could get Adeline, we could get, like, Reflector Thalia. Mage. Or Thalia, right. or Mantis Rider. And, or, like, the, the three-powered 3-3, three, three, the Apollo. Yeah, Elite Spellbinder. Yeah. Yeah. I think this card's kind of sweet. It could fit in a lot of decks. It could also, in, like, Delirium, go get, like, Emrakul, Ishkanag, Grim Flayer, uh, Ledger Shredder, right? Like... Seems good. Seems good. They don't go in the yard, but I- I'm happy, right? So... Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm not going to give you that Emrakul, so I guess take Ledger Shredder, Gl- Grim Flayer, like... Yeah, exactly. Like, this card's, like, Tireless Tracker, Ledger Shredder, Grim Flayer, right? Yeah. And then Ham Sandwich. Oh, man, don't let Cisco see that. Right, right. I think he wants that Ham Sandwich. I just think this card's, like, super, super good. Um, in Mono Green, of course, you can go get uh, Elf, Karyatid, uh Troll, and Cavalier, because they all have different powers. Ooh, get them all. Uh, of course, it's on turn three in Mono Green, so, like, they're just going to give you the lower creatures, but still. It's on, it's on turn two in Mono Green. Oh, you're right. So they just give you, like, Elf Carotid. Yeah. But still. But it's okay. You already have the Cavalier. Right. Right. Exactly. They always got it already. Always got it. Uh, yeah. I mean, this card's sick. Um, this is one of those cards that I'm also just like, I can't wait for it to not work how opponent thinks it does. Right. And I have them shuffle away the cards that they wanted. Uh, this can also... Uh, this can all go get... All the Kiki Jiki targets. 
Oh yeah, yeah, true. Uh, Pester Might, uh, Deceiver Exarch, and uh, Resto Angel, and then something else. Ham sandwich ones. Those conscripts. Can I get? Can I get conscripts with all those? Uh, no, because the the conscripts and the angel have the same power. Okay. I also kind of like think this card is going to be a big brain card. This card is going to be very yeah. good. Like, there's a card in Yu-Gi-Oh called Small World. Ooh. Uh, in which in which there are actual mathematic formulas written about. Uh huh. But it's a spell card where you reveal a card in your hand to then reveal a card in your deck that doesn't share a type with it. It can't share a type, a power, or a level, right? And then, okay. then you get to search your library again for the card for a card that uh, doesn't share a typing or type a, or power or level with the card you revealed from your deck, right? And then you get that third card to your hand. So you play like six degrees of separation to like tutor. And so there's like literal like, it's like, I have this card in my hand. Here's my deck list. Please tell me what I can tutor for with Small World. Like there's like apps that run those formulas for you. Like this feels oh, like, hilarious. this card feels like a Small World, but for magic where like you can just like, you have to figure out what this lets you get at any yeah. given situation. Well, we all the FNM warriors are going to be like trying to figure out their combos with this, right? And that's what I want to figure out. But I'm going to let them do. Yeah, it. I'm going to let them do the work. Co- coming to playing pioneer near you, right? Uh, coming to my bad article uh, soon. Uh, but I like that card. The other right, card I like. The other card I liked a lot is uh, Twin Inferno. Now I want to tell you right now before we actually let you talk about this future chris did say that whatever you say with this card he 100 percent agrees with really yes he says you guys have known each other long enough and that whatever you're going to say about this card he 100 percent agrees with wow that's really nice i think this, this card should definitely give you a hundred dollars this card uh yeah i think this card i'm going to cast it against chris and he's going to immediately transfer the entire contents of his bank account into my bank account. Uh, but really, this card is, I think, the most versatile spell I've seen in a long time. Uh, what does Twinferno do for everyone? Red, colorless, instant. Choose one. When you cast your next instant or sorcery spell this turn, copy that spell. You may choose new targets for the copy. Or? Or... Target creature you control gains double strike until end of turn. <laughs> what two vastly different effects. So, I mean, this card plays like Galvanic does. It's an instant, which is nice, right? Uh-huh. And then uh, the the other side lets you gain double strike. I honestly think this card, I know Galvanic has flashback. And that might make it a little bit better. But how but often, like, like, are you flashing back Galvanic unless you pitch it early to something? Like, you can play this for much less, like, for red colorless instead of red blue. You can cast this even at instant speed to copy things on your opponent's turn instant speed. So you can, like, copy your lightning axes on your opponent's turn if you want to or need to, right? You can use this yeah. to, to copy your treasure cruise just the same way, right? The way it's worded mm-hmm. is exactly the same. And then also you can just use this, like... If your Ledger Shredder becomes, like, a four-powered Ledger Shredder, 
Yeah. Just kill him. Just give your thing in the ice double strike. Just just use this to flip your thing in the ice, giving it double strike. And then bash him for 14, right? Target your crackling Drake and watch your opponent cry. I think this card yeah, make, is like make super sure your your make sure that your thing in the ice is already flipped when you give a double strike. Right. You really you have to wait. I'm pretty sure, yeah. Because it doesn't exile it. Yeah, but it's the backside though. But it's still the same card. It'll still have double strike, right? No, because you gave it to a different creature, didn't you? I don't know, Judge. Hold on, hold on. Anyways, I think this card is sweet. Gonna see play. For sure, somewhere in Pioneer. Probably in Phoenix. Maybe it sees play in, like, the weird uh, Blitz Prowess decks, right? Uh-huh. Like, this targeting a Sprite Dragon seems, like, pretty much GG, but also, like, this just copying Treasure Cruise in that deck also seems good, you know? Yeah. Um, the question is, like, how often are you flashing back your, your Galvanic? And how often would you like that Galvanic to be instant speed, or would you like it to be uh, able to just kill your opponent dead? I vote killing my opponent dead. I agree. Um, These are the two cards that spoke the most to me when they were spoiled. All right, well, uh, real quick, I also want to get your opinion on before we we sign off on this little extra mini-segment here. Liliana, yay or nay? Yay, but not as good as people think. Okay. The Lord we can talk about, Rundvelt Horde Master, Cards the Goblin Lord. Insane. One in a red, Goblin Warrior, other creatures you control, other Goblin you control, get plus one, plus one, and whenever Rundvelt Horde Master or another Goblin you control dies, exile the top card of your library. If it's a Goblin card, creature card, you may cast that card until the end of your next turn. Very good, but uh, in modern and not in... Pioneer. Mm-hmm. Even though we could, like, Skirk, Prospect, or Impact Tremor sack through our board? I, like, it's that's not likely. <laughs> One thing, though, I will say, I like all of these exile the top card of your library effects that are now just, like, no, you get them until the end of your next turn. So, they're still, like, available to you if your opponent wraths on their turn. Right. So, uh, that's good. good stuff there. What's the best flavor deck so far? You know, I haven't been super paying attention. Twinferno has really good flavor text. More fire. More fire. I'll have to go through and get ready for All the... Right. Are you uh, ready? I'll tell you. Actually, Micromancer has a good one. What's Micromancer? Or what's the... Uh, Ideas don't have to be big to be great. That's pretty good. What I'm, do you got? What's I'm gonna your tell you, so far? You're, what you're going to like is a, as a whole around card, the art... And the flavor text matching together is okay. Pilfer. Pilfer. To or the pilfer. merchant, it was nothing but more. But uh, to the merchant, it was nothing more than a few missing trinkets. But to oh, Tiny, Tiny Bones, Bones it was yeah. the greatest heist of all time. <laughs> <laughs> the Tiny Bones flavor text. Also, He's I have not art. seen Yargle yet, and I'm really upset. Yeah, no Yargle yet. The the Jaya dying. Flavor text card makes me very, very sad. Um, it's not the flavor text of the card, but it's the flavor text I wanted to have. Um, again, you're going to have to deal with hearing this joke again later after I've already made it here. But Citizen's Arrest is just 
this man eating beans? Oh my god. <laughs> the the art when it got spoiled was already memed. Yeah. Is this a card that we can talk about? I'd like to talk about, and I want your opinion on Runic Shot. Which one is that? I have been what? contemplating this card. Where was it spoiled? What day? I don't know. It's a one white uncommon sorcery. Uh, no, we have. Okay, okay, cool. Uh, tap target creature, if this spell was kicked, scry two. What are we playing it? Destroy target tapped creature. Destroy, okay, that's a lot better then. Huh. One white destroy target tapped creature. Destroys any tapped creature. And for that's... one blue, you can kick it to scry two. Yeah. That's pretty good. This card's sweet, right? Yeah. I don't know where, but it definitely seems sweet. Yeah, I agree. Is Karn the worst planeswalker we've ever had? Um, the really funny thing? Do you want the, the truth? Yeah. Um, one, he gets entirely turned off by the other Karn. Yes. Does the So with his ultimate... You get an emblem. The emblem lets you tap the artifacts, so that would not get turned off by Karn, the Great Creator, right? Uh, yes, that's correct. Okay, so at least his 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 emblem does something, right? Yeah. Um, but the Power Stone tokens do not. The Power Stone tokens do absolutely nothing, right? The uh, second ability, uh, he's like. This is the Bernie Sanders card, because he's like, I'm asking for your contribution to go look for artifacts. <laughs> Which is very... We're going door to door. We're going door to door. Please, do you have two spare mana? I don't want to keep paying for my Planeswalker after I've cast you. Can't you just make make another Power Stone token, I guess? Why did I even cast this card? Uh, oh my gosh. Also, how many dollars is Plaza of Heroes going to be? Um, I mean, that card's like at least a $20 card when it's all said yeah. and done, right? Ah, 100%. All right. Well, Ricky, I think that'll do it for this time. We'll, like I said, uh, we'll be back with more spoilers here, me and Chris. And then we'll be back with kind of our thoughts on the set and more spoilers uh, next week's episode. And again... Uh, if Chris, if Ricky and I didn't talk about the cards you want to hear about, and Chris and I didn't talk about the cards you want to hear about, let us know what cards to talk about. Heck yeah. Ricky, take some of the little pickup with me. Uh, send it on back to past me and Chris. Pew. And we are back from that brief interlude. Uh, so Chris, what did you think of the tiny toilet? Oh, man. I'm surprised you guys didn't all go in there at once, you know? You know that was so a portal. We, you know that was a we portal were, to some other world. <laughs> I look after I fell into the tiny toilet. I that was it for me. Uh, but we were at dinner, and I looked at Ricky and I go, "We messed up." He's like, "What?" I'm like, "We should have had someone take a picture of us sitting on both toilets holding hands." Wow, that's illegal. Pants on, of course. <laughs> okay, if you say so. The pant the pants off is for the Patreon. So it's like um, it's, so it's unlike every other time we're together as a group. That's right. Yeah. Okay, sounds good. Sounds good. All right. So, uh, obviously, Donner United spoilers are in full effect here. Ricky and I already talked about a couple cards. And now it's time to really get the deep dive with uh, with Christabel here. Mm-hmm. But before that, how do you how do you feel about the the product lineup? I mean, we've got this. We've got Frexia. All will be one. 
Then we've got March of the Machines and the epilogue set, followed by, surprise, surprise, Eldrain 2 and Ikoria, not Ikoria, Ixalan 3. What do you think? Yeah, I think people people were calling us to question some of this. Like some of the "Hey, let's go back to like the two least popular uh, planes of all time" is is a little bit funny. But I did like the tribes of Ixalan. Like I think there was a lot of potential there, right? Like who doesn't like dinosaurs, uh, vampire conquistadors, and you know, mare folks, right? The other the other kind of tribes. Yeah. Was like so, Cap Caverns of Ixalan. I definitely think we're gonna get more of the vampire side of things. Yeah. Because like they tease this whole like ancient bat god and stuff like that and right. so i am super interested in that for sure and uh the teaser for eldrain definitely makes me look like we're going into more of like the darker side of fantasy are those now and i don't I have no idea are those real sets or are those like extra sets those are regular sets are they so those those are going to be the summer and spring releases of next year. Okay, sounds good. Because the thing is, like, all the boys got in a Discord call and watched the thing, but I was working. Yes. So I did yes. not get to see it. So I'm a little bit behind on on what's what. Because I do know that some stuff is, like, a premium product and not a real product. Yeah. You know? So, okay. So, generally scheduled, uh, Darn United comes out next month. Right. November is Brothers War, which is, we got to go back in time. Right. To get the Infinity Stones. Right. Uh, then January is going to be um, Phyrexia, or Jan- like the January kind of release is going to be Phyrexia All or One, or All or, Un- all or One, or whatever it is. Like it's one for and then all. there's yeah. also, and there's also like instead of Time Spot Remaster, we're getting uh, Dominaria Remaster, which is cards from every set set on Dominaria. Yeah, you know that's you know that one's going to be a baller or like totally bust. You know. Yeah, I think it'll be a fun, it'll be a fun. I think Ricky said because of when it comes out, that's going to be at the. The birthday draft extravaganza mm-hmm. makes sense. So that'll be a fun format. Uh, then after that, the like April whatever set um, is um, sorry. The April whatever set is going to be um, March in the machines or March against the machines mm-hmm. with the epilogue set, which I'm assuming is like kind of like what Hearthstone does, where they like a couple weeks later release like. Here's just like a couple extra cards to kind of like round off the set and the storyline. Okay, sure. Um, and then the spring set should be, or like the the September, sorry, the summer set's going to be Ixalan, or summer set's going to be um, Eldraine 2, and Electric then Boogaloo. F- Electric Boogaloo, and then it's going to be Ixalan for September, I think is the, how the official schedule works out. I don't have it, unfortunately. Oh, here it is, actually. Yeah, so, yeah, so follows Wilds of Eldraine, which will be like the the August-ish set release, and then winter is going to be Lost Caverns. So that'll be like the January release. Yeah. But I, hey, that means no double upset in fall next this next year. Yeah, I think um, I'm pretty intrigued. I have no interest in going back to Eldraine, but, you know, they, they did research a long time ago, and they said that, like, Tribal is one of their more popular revisits, and I think Ixalan yeah. has a lot of cool potential for Tribal synergies. So Chris, you know, think of all the banned cards that we'll get in Ixalan two. Or, uh, Eld- so I keep saying Ixalan two and Eldrain two. Get it right, okay? I told you to cut back on the drinking before the cast. You know, get it right, get it tight. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no more, no Miss, more Halo Miss binges. New, Miss, Miss New Booties is out here. <laughs> you know how it be. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm I'm excited. I think there's a lot to be excited about. I think this new set looks interesting. Again, absolutely no interest in Eldrain. Uh, hopefully, hopefully they can you know, get something going there, but I just have no interest going to back to that set, but the tribal from Ixalan, I think, I think could be cool. 
and you know we'll figure out the premium product as they as they come out because who knows what's going on with that you know yeah but chris banned cards right banned cards indeed abs think of the abs think of them wash all right well let's get ready for well let's just have two episodes of spoilers we have this week and the next week uh because spoilers will be out by friday so first half of spoilers uh let's just start off right here right now and i think what is already going to be just make this set a winner for a lot of decks we got six of the paint lands back yeah let's talk about including that including three new ones three brand new to pioneer and i think honestly aside from the Celestia one we got two of the most important ones here in sulfur spring and carplusion forest so rakdos and gruel now the paint land i think it's a big win for those decks if you have caves of koilos Throw them in the garbage, get the full art versions, yep. or the cool versions, right? Add a car waste. I don't think it's going to be important for, like, control, obviously, but if people are still trying to make, like, Azorius and Soul and stuff like that work, I think this is a good pickup for that deck. Yeah. And, uh, you know, hey, more colorless white land, more like white pain lands. Can uh, maybe we start looking at some Eldrazi Displacer shenanigans? I think so. I really do. I think Eldrazi's uh, a archetype that is like non-existent and it probably could be right i mean like now with yeah. the amount of pain lands you have access to that produce green because we got one one more that produces green now right yes and it should be yami via coast yavi maya yeah Car- yeah you got carplusian forest but you already had um the black you already had the black green one and and the blue green one yeah, you have my coast. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you, you got quite a few options for adding uh, colorless mana if you want. But I, yeah, I mean, I think the big deal there is just the the lack of acceleration to them when, like, you could be casting, you know, like actual green spells, you know? So there are so many important things. Like, this format so much faster than I had really thought it was. And, like, your two and three mana threats are where, where Prime is at. And turn four is a little slow. Unless you're casting a Kalidus or, like, a Stone Cold Hoser. I think, unfortunately, like, actual turn four Thought Not Seer is too slow. You really want to have it turn two, turn three if you can. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, but, no, I, th- I think the Painland's, like... We've been saying Gruul just wants a pain land, right? Yeah, we will get to pain land now. Let's uh, let's put up some numbers now. And the right, red black one, right? Uh, Hold on, the, the yeah, red black one's I new, think, right? The, the red black one, yeah. So I definitely think like the red black one's gonna be good for like probably that Rakdos mid range. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Rakdos sack, I think, is for sure gonna be playing this over uh some number of pathways for sure. Makes sense. And you probably play one or two of these in sack or in mid range still over some of the pathways because the pathways are kind of a big deal breaker. But for sure, sacrifice. No more pathways. We can play Sulphur Springs because when you have cats and ovens, the life loss doesn't matter. True. True. All right. All right. Let's talk about now probably the overhype spoiler of the set so far in Liliana of the Veil. Now, Ricky's already told us a stance on it. I don't know what he said, <laughs> what he's saying yet. <laughs> um, I will tell you that like over the weekend, I know Ricky has been a big naysayer Liliana. Right. I am more of the medium stance on Liana, where I'm like, she's going to be a good role player. I think she's going to be like a two of, maybe three of, between like main board and sideboard in some decks. Everyone who's like, I'm just jamming four of and Rakdos midrange, you're wrong. I don't think that's the play here. I'm like, we got a couple flex slots of Rakdos midrange. We could play like maybe two in the main, one in the board. And that's kind of where I see her, right? Yeah. What are your... At least for Rakdos, like, I do think there are some big winners with Liliana, though. And I'm going to let you talk about some of those big winners. So where do you see Liliana the Veil 
How do you feel about the big reprint here? Yeah, I think obviously the, the biggest place you're going to want Liliana is, is really a Grease Fang, right? Like you're wanting to discard cards. It's an attrition card. I think also... Esper's, are, Esper's already playing Kato for right. essentially the same effect. Right, yeah. I, I think that's kind of one of those deals where it's it's an effective card and, and whether or not, like, yeah, you can sometimes get caught with your pants down on it where, like, if your opponent's Phoenix... You really don't want to be plus winning it, but you're not going to, right? Like you're probably going to save it in your hand, and you probably have ways to get rid of it. You know, that's generally speaking how you how you play those decks. If it's your only discard effect, it's probably not that good. But if you can cycle it in some kind of way by discarding it to, you know, an informant or a ledger shred or whatever you might be doing, you know, hey, that's that's fine. Also, it's got a sack ability, so against Phoenix, it's pretty good at killing like a thing in the ice, right? So like, it's not all it's not all terrible. You know, um, and still, like, if you're if you're snagging like the last card in their hand, it's pretty good, right? Like, you don't want to cast it when they've you know and resolve the plus one when they've got seven cards in hand. But heck, if you've already go blanked them or you've already thought seized them, and you know the hand isn't a bunch of phoenixes or whatever, you can still plus one as like an attrition thing to to try and get an ultimate off or something like that because phoenix tends to go late. So obviously, it's not insane in every matchup, but I think people are undercounting how strong this card used to be in modern and how strong I think that it will be in, in Pioneer. Um, I think, again, the format is, is surprisingly fast, so I don't think it'll be, like, absolutely stone-cold nuts, and I could be wrong on that. Like, you know, we, we've seen how powerful this card is. It could it could come and make a storm, but uh, they said that they tested it in other format, like standard, right? They said they kind of wanted to put it in one of the other sets, and it was too weak. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah. I We are we have definitely advanced well past 2015 Jund and Modern. Yeah. Totally, totally fair. So I think that I still think it's going to be strong. I think that obviously, you know, you're only playing this in a deck that you want to be discarding cards, right? Like you're, you're trying to make this unfair. So I think the fact that that's where you're going to play it, you're not just going to throw it in every single deck playing back, playing black is what's going to make it uh, a good choice because, right, you, you get to choose to play it. So you're trying to make that version of it on. Yeah, well, I, I know that Blue Sky 92... Uh, they tweeted out a sick looking deck that I also shared with our friend group. That's like Liliana. It's just like a blue black, just like tempo, like kind of tempo strategy, right? Like Chase Underdog, Ledger Shredders, Liliana of the Veils. Like that deck looked gross. Drown the Lock is a card that's going to be so dope with Liliana. I agree. I think that card's great now. Like I, I am looking at like a, uh, a black green scales deck to hopefully have together by like the end of the week or the next couple weeks to start messing around with. Cause I think that just like playing big dumb idiots is like actually totally fine right now in pioneer. Like a lot of people are just, they're kind of skimping a little bit on interaction. And so if you just present more threats than they have answers, you know, you can be in a pretty good place. So I, yeah. uh, I'm definitely a, uh, definitely a believer. Yeah, for sure. I definitely totally agree with you there. All right. Uh, I mean, that's kind of the big, the big real two hype ones. Uh, but let's see what else is here, man. What do, you, what do you got? What are you looking at? Like, I know Ricky and I, Banala Sleeper, it looks like a really dope card, especially for a common one and a white for a three one with kicker just to make a person like sack a dude. Like, yeah, I think there's a, there's a lot of cool stuff here. Um, Raven. Oh, oh, here's the real hit though. The Raven man. Yeah. One in a black legendary creature, human wizard. At the beginning of each end step, if a player discarded a card this turn, create a 1-1 one, one black bird creature token with flying this creature can't block. Then for three and a black tap, each opponent discards a card. Activate only as a sorcery. Talk about our Liliana tech, huh? Yeah, I think this is another really good one. I think obviously here, you know, what else is black that's really good right now? Thoughtseize. And, and while I have not yeah. been the biggest fan of Thoughtseize quite recently, it does combo really well. 
Um, and then, you know, this is best friends with Ledger Shredder, right? <laughs> it's just like, yeah. I think this is one of those things where, like, the rich get richer. You know, hey, you're going to cast two spells. Well, then not only am I going to draw and discard, but since I'm the one who discarded, same thing, right? The beginning of each end step, and that's the way Shredder is, too. If a player discarded a card, create a 1-1 one, one, uh, bird. And I think this is kind of an easy way to, you know, uh, amass some tokens. I will tell you I'm a little skeptical on this card because, again, you know, you like effects where you control how they're going to happen, and it's definitely a little bit harder to make your opponent kind of, like, discard cards or or even activate your Ledger Shredder if they don't want to. Um, so, you know, young Pyromancer, there's a lot of one-mana spells that you can cast in a turn, right, to make you a bunch of tokies. But these uh, these burbs, they be flying. So uh, it's it's tough to say. I think um, I don't think it's a, a, a huge, huge... Yeah, the big the big thing is you're only ever going to get one to one token right a turn cycle, like per player's turn, right? Right. So because even if you both discard a card, you're only going to you one. only get one. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. It's the thing of each each sense of, but either player has to do it. I think it's going to be pretty rare that both players discard a card anyway. You know. Yeah. Um. Again, Ledger Shredder duels, but Liliana plus. True, 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 true. I mean, that's very true. But I mean, the the big thing is like getting it on your opponent's turn, right? Because like yeah, Ledger Shredder, yeah. it's pretty easy to do. You know, you you can even cast multiple spells, right? Like you've got you've got all kinds of ways to make it happen. But this one's a little bit harder to activate, I think, on your opponent's turn. So uh, again, you know, it's it kind of works best in combination with the Raven, uh, sorry, with Ledger Shredder or something else like it. But like I said, the flying tokens are pretty strong. Like we saw how strong Lingering Souls was back in the day. So yeah, I think that's it is something to keep an eye out for flying one one tokens, especially if you can be consistently producing these, even a few on your opponent's turn, maybe you know. Yeah, for sure. Uh, hey, turns out that Shieldred tease that Shieldred leak was fake, and thank goodness it was because uh, that card would have been broken. I think real Shieldred's pretty insane. Also, real, real Shieldred's pretty cool. What is real Shieldred, Chris? Real Shieldred. Uh, oh yeah, I guess I guess we kind of went over it. Real Shieldred costs uh, two colorless and double black. It's obviously a legendary creature, a Phyrexian Praetor. It's got Death Touch. It's a four five. You know what else is a four or five? Siege Rhino. Oh, it has to be good then. It's you know I'm I'm telling you you already know this now. This one doesn't have trample, but it's got death touch, and it also has life gain and life loss abilities on it. It says whenever you draw a card, you gain two life. Whenever an opponent draws a card, they lose two life. Good luck, Phoenix players. <laughs> I tell you what. Uh, surprisingly, control doesn't draw a lot of cards. They tend to do a lot of. Um, that card that you really like from the werewolf set. Oh, memory deluge. Thank you. Memory deluge. They, they tend to look and put them in their hand. Same thing with dig through time. They're not, they're not drawing a lot. They're, they're looking at a lot of cards and doing it. But even then, I don't think you have to do anything for this card to be good. You know what I'm saying? Are you a, are you a believer yeah. also a shield ritter? I definitely think this is some fun sideboard tech for like, again, Phoenix, mm-hmm. maybe even some, uh, some Lotus Felix. They're drawing their pieces of the puzzle. They're, uh, they're piecing that puzzle together, right? Yeah. While they're taking, you know, six. Uh, definitely those types of decks. Uh, we talked about the Legislator deck list, right? Like, yeah, keep drawing cards. Do it, do it, do it. Draw, draw more cards. This is going to be some sick sideboard tech. I don't think it's there as a main board threat, but it's going to be a good sideboard card for some matchups for sure. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. I could see this in the main deck. I think the problem is like Kalidus is so generically strong with like Lifelink, and then there's so many creature decks running around, but. I don't know, man. Like, I, I definitely see this deck. You know where I see this deck is, like, in blue-black. That's that's where I see it specifically. Is like, I'm drawing a lot of cards to, like, gain me some life. 
Whereas like, I'm a little bit more scared to put my, uh, I'm scared to put my Kalidus in combat, right? Like it's, sure. it's, it's a little fragile. If I put it in combat and something blocks, then I can still get pushed, you know, yada, yada. This one, it could just sit there and I'm still gaining life to keep me out of range. And then my opponent's passively losing life, right? They draw a card every turn. So uh, I, I could see this in the right deck, but it's definitely not, you know, it's not OP busted, you know? Yeah. So real quick, what do you, what do you think of the two kind of updated takes on mechanics? So we have enlist here, to uh you know bring bring we kind of fixed banding a bit right within list and then we have read ahead on sagas which lets you just go okay i'm gonna play this i'm just gonna skip ahead to a new spot here you get to pick what chapter you start on what do you what do you think of the the updates here i think read ahead's uh really good um i don't think it's necessarily like again op busted or anything but i do think i think, that- gonna, I, think it's, I think read ahead's gonna depend on how cheap the sagas they printed on and how good their abilities are, right? I think so, yeah. I don't imagine, like, I think sagas are obviously we're going to see again. We'll see if we see Rita Head again. It definitely could be more of like a like a time thing, you know, or something like that. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I, I could see it in, in, again, one more set maybe again with like a time mechanic or something like that. But I think it's fun. I think it's not OP busted. And I think it's kind of interesting, right? Like in in the first example that you see it in, I think the first one that got spoiled was the phasing of Zalfir. Yeah, that card is, I think, pretty good. So for two in double blue, it has uh, two chapters. Of, its first two chapters are the same with another target non-land permanent phases out. It can't phase in for as long as you control the phasing of Zalfir. And then its third ability, really its second chapter, its third chapter here is destroy all creatures. For each creature destroyed this way, its controller creates a 2-2 black Phyrexian creature token. So if you really need to pull the emergency stop button on some crazy board... You could do that and you just give your opponent a bunch of two twos, or you could just like you know phase a thing out for two turns, phase a thing out for three for like for three turns, phasing out for like two turns. Yeah, I think I think this card's relevant because like if your opponent has one, rather. has like um like a vehicle or something that you can't get, you know, yeah, you can at least you know get rid of it for a couple turns or or whatever it might be, right? Imagine some you know a non land permit that you might want to remove, whether it be like a hearse whether it be, you know, even maybe like a, even maybe like, like a rest in peace or something, right? Like yeah. a temporary answer to rest in peace while you're going off. You know, I don't know. Use your imagination there. But if you need a blue wrath, you've got kind of a blue wrath for, for whatever you might need, right? Maybe this is a way to like yeah. make you more tokens for a certain thing. Uh, you know, who knows? But it's definitely like, it seems pretty fair to me. You know, maybe I'm wrong on that, but this one, you know, the, the third chapter is not the like end all be all. And so I think yeah. they made read ahead balance where they're like, you're not trying to rush to the most stupid thing possible. You know, they're all pretty I like agree. I agree with that, evenly yeah. powered abilities spread across turns. So it's up to you how much value you want. And I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, what do you got? Do you think uh, what, you got some fun spoilers? Um, I've got what I think is the best card in the set that was spoiled today. And I'm willing to be wrong. This could be another monk class, but I still think monk class is good. <laughs> Okay, uh, okay, what do you got? Uh I think the most most powerful card in the set is uh Founding of the Third Path. Okay, of course this is uh as of Monday when we're recording. Right. As of Monday, I think this is kind of the strongest uh card here. Founding of the Third Path is a, is a saga speaking of read ahead, right? It costs a colorless and a blue for an enchantment saga read ahead. Uh, first chapter is you may cast an instant or sorcery spell with mana value one or two from your hand without paying its mana cost. 
So we don't get to cast our free spells, right? We're not we're not casting rhinos with this or anything like that in modern. You know, it has to be a, a one or two uh, from our hand, but free. So this comes down, and you don't lose your turn for casting it, which I think is why this is so strong. Chapter two: Target player mills four cards. Uh, spoiler alert: I'm only ever going to be mill- milling myself. That that might as well yeah. say you mill four cards because that's all I'm doing. Uh, chapter three: Exile target instant or sorcery card from your graveyard, copy it, and you may cast the copy. So you still have to pay for this card. There were a lot of people who were like, "Oh my gosh, I get to cast you know a merchant ultimatum for free or something." No, no, no. <laughs> you have to you have to pay for this card that you are casting, but you can delve with it. So you can cast your delve, uh, you know, like your dig through times or whatever with this card. So, you know, there's some talk of like this card potentially getting the delve spells banned. You know, we shall see. But this is right up my alley for what I want to do. And I think a lot of people agree with me. I mean, this card's pretty insane. Like getting to cast an instant sorcery card, like, you know, you know, what's an instant sorcery card is can't stay away to get back my grease fang that I milled. So, um, you know, what else is, you know, what else is an instant or sorcery refurbish? To get my uh, to get my God Pharaoh's gift back now. Unfortunately, if you if you roll this on turn two, if this is a tra- this is a translation, so we don't know a hundred percent yet. I guess uh, so. We're counting this translation, but the timing makes it look like you do have to cast this during your draw step. So it does remove the timing restrictions, right? Because like you can cast sorceries, but for example, if you play this on two, and then on turn three you mill four cards, ter- turn four you're in your draw step. So if you did exile or refurbish, you wouldn't have the fourth land to cast it yet. Mm-hmm. So that's a little unfortunate. You'd have to you'd have to wait a turn till you know till turn three. But um, this plays really well in the Esper deck that I'm playing now, and in some Esper decks I want to play because a vanishing verse is so insane. Like it's yeah. just it's just such a good card. It casts Fatal Push. So uh, again, I got a Mount Shrugman. I I think this is the most powerful card that I've seen from the set so far. Okay, all right. Well, uh, we'll see what comes of that. I've got. Uh, Got several of the cards here kind of pulled up. Of course, there's a lot of spoilers, so we're not going to be able to talk about every card today. We'll have, we'll be back uh, with next week's episode with kind of rounding off spoilers. And, of course, we'll have our top five uh, for the set. Uh, some of the ones I do want to talk about. I just want to laugh at the art of Citizen's Arrest because every time I see it, I just think uh, – this muffin eating beans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, grats on that one. That's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah, thank you. This, this man eating beans over here. I'm yep. gonna tell it to every opponent I play that against. Um, the golden Argusi. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, that card's kind of interesting. I don't think it's very good, but I just think like. Yeah, you could just kind of blink your whole board with it. It's really interesting for, like, essentially free, right? Yeah, that is kind of interesting. There's a couple of cards that, like, actually make me want to play standard, you know? Yeah. Um, obviously, we have to mention Phoenix Chick. Phoenix Chick, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. If that, You know, if that's not a Twitter name already taken, like, right now, uh, I'm going to be disappointed in all of Magic Twitter. Phoenix. I'm sorry that you're – I'm sorry that you can't marry Phoenix Chick, that you are <laughs> – or is, is that just what you just call Devin? Do we need to get Devin to play Phoenix? Right. I've, I've registered the Twitter username for her already. Uh, Phoenix Chick, it costs one red. It's a Phoenix. It's got flying and haste, but it cannot block. Uh, it is only a 1-1. One, one. And whenever you attack with three or more creatures, you may pay two red. And if you do, return Phoenix Chick from your graveyard to the battlefield, tapped in attacking with a plus one, plus one counter on it. This seems fair to me. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. I, I, uh, I think that card's pretty cool. Uh, it's got adorable art. 
yeah, I think this is, I think this card's, you know, one decent, I'm not sure it's pioneer playable, but I don't think it's a decent card and, you know, it, it seems fine. I think this card's going to seem, see some play somewhere. I think it's just decent enough, but, uh, you know, I'm not sure it's pioneer playable just yet. I being able to get it, like, it's not going to do like the, the front, the front, the front, ha- like air quotes, the front half is going to do a whole lot for you. Right. Yeah. But I think that like on subsequent turns, like when it invariably dies and you just can kind of just sneakily add multiple versions of two, like two extra, like this is the thing, right? You can return multiples in the same turn cycle. Yeah. So like late game, you like four mana lying around, you just tackle some duders and suddenly, oh, now there's four more power. There's six more power on the board. Right. I think that's where this card is very powerful. Yep, makes sense to me. Yeah, get get multiples back. What you got next from yeah. me, Ruffin? Uh, I have Cut Down. Okay, yeah. So, a single black for instant. Destroy target creature with total power and toughness, five or less. So, here's the question. Is this better than Fatal Push? <laughs> I don't. I don't think it's even close. But I do uh-huh. think that the card is playable, and I think it's worth talking about, right? Because, like, what it does kill pretty much all of Phoenix, right? It kills an early Ledger Shredder as long as you as long as long you cast it first. It kills a Thing in the Ice unflipped. It kills a Phoenix. Not that you want to kill a Phoenix. You'd rather exile it. But, you know, it, it kills quite a few things, right? It kills a lot of the white creatures that you see running around. So, you know, the, the only thing is, you know, Fatal Push kills most of those creatures also. Um, so I think what you're really trying to look at is what is this kill that fatal push doesn't kill? And, uh, the answer the, is not the big much. Thing is like, the big thing is like, we're trying to look at like three and four drops that this can kill that you would have to have revolt with fatal push for. Right. So I don't, I also don't like compare this to fatal push. I was like comparing this to like blood chiefs thirst, which still sees occasional play. Sure. Uh, but yeah, I think this card's pretty interesting. I think it's going to be great in standard for sure yeah uh maybe it's time to find standard if you know i'm not saying i'm gonna drop pioneer but uh we can have crew three a standard podcast <laughs> we could have crew three a standard podcast um what do you got next man next i got for you twin ferno uh okay yeah, oh wait yeah. no hold on ricky wanted to talk about that one ricky wanted to talk about all that right one. all right yeah. well i will just say that uh, I almost Ricky, Ricky. Ricky got to talk about it. What are your thoughts on? Yeah, it? I uh, I agree with everything that Ricky said. Every even single even if thing. it's bad, even if it's garbage. Uh, I listen. Ricky and I have known each other since you know we were like fifteen. Right, that's half yeah. of our lives. Uh, I know what Ricky said about this, even though I haven't heard it, and I agree. That's uh-huh. all I have to say about it. Okay, I know in my um, heart of hearts what he said about this card. All right, here's the card I want your opinion on. Okay. Urborg Lurgoyf. Oh, man. It's not Tarmogoyf, but is there a world where this is just better? Yeah, there is a world. And it's this one? <laughs> I, think, I, I, think it, I think it might be this one. Um, yeah, so for one to green, uh, you get a star, one plus star. So typical Lurgoyf stats there. Um, Lurgoyf's power is equal to the number of creature cards in your graveyard. It's is equal to that number plus one. But we now have, here's the kicker. We have kicker blue and or black uh, as enters the battlefield. Mill three cards each time it was kicked. Also, what do you think of the new way to like, you have an and or kicker? I think and or kicker is fun. I think it's like multi-kicker was cool. And I think this is kind of a way to like 
hey, look, we can make this a little bit more powerful because you can only kick it up to, you know, twice usually in this thing. And it costs you multiple colors. So, like, you get a reward for being in those colors if you are. Um, but, you know, if you only play in two of those, you don't get the you don't get the full shenanigans, you know? Yeah. But in general, I like this card a lot. I think the um, applications for this are, like, uh, main deck Witherbloom Command seems a little weak to me. And I think that the Abzan decks are starting to play a lot more creatures in their uh-huh. uh, Abzan Greasefang style. So I think this slots in pretty decently there, even though you can't cast the blue half. I don't think that you need to. You're milling so many cards. I think this card's fine. I think you'll have to make some adjustments. You definitely want to be playing more creatures in order to make this kind of good. But I don't think it has to be that big, right? We're playing Rafine's Informant as like a 3-2, hopefully, to like draw and discard something. I think this can easily be 3-power with even more toughness to dodge some of the red uh, yeah. removal spells pretty easily, even with the 8 artifacts that were playing. So again, I think it takes a little bit of a deck adjustment, um, but it's good there. I could see this being fine as a 4-drop, right? Like, milling 6 cards is pretty big. <laughs> That's a lot of cards. And getting a yeah, creature yeah. attached to it... Uh, is a, is a solid effect, right? There's a lot of decks that would want to pay two mana to mill six cards. And then, you know, on top of that, you got a, you got a Tarmogoyf type effect. So um, you get a big boy, you got a big boy. I'm excited to play with this card again. Is it that good when it can be fatal pushed, you know, eh, but you know, Hey, Ledger Shredder seeing some play. This card is no Ledger Shredder, but I do think it's got some potential. Yeah, definitely. 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 All right, let's go. Let's wrap up with a couple more spoilers here. What do you got? Um, I mean, here's one that I think, uh, that I think you want to talk about. Let's talk about Weatherlight Completed, yeah? Uh, yeah, we can talk about Weatherlight Completed. Completed. Uh, the Weatherlight is now Phyrexianized. It is a... Yeah, because, uh, (laughs) you know, hey, we need to hide the Weatherlight. Let's put put, uh, Phyrexian flesh on it. Oh no, it became a Phyrexian boat. Dang, not, not the Phyrexian boat. So now it's a it's a two mana five five, but not always. It's just a two mana legendary artifact vehicle. It has no crew ability, um, so you cannot crew this on its default thing. Uh, it does fly though whenever it does become a creature, and I suppose it's got flying no matter what. Uh, but as long as it's completed, which means it has four or more Phoresis counters on it, it's a Phyrexian creature in addition to the types. Well, how do you get Phoresis counters? You might ask. Well, whenever a creature you control dies, put a Phoresis counter on Weather Knight Compliotted. Then draw a card if it has seven or more counters on it. But if you don't, you scry one. So essentially, for each creature that's dying, you're scrying one and stacking a counter on this. Once you get the four dead creatures, it's now a 5-5 flyer. And then if enough of your creatures die without this thing dying, even though it's a 5-5 flyer, you know, then you get to draw some cards. I think at that point, you should have already won the game. That's just my yeah. <laughs> that's my thing on this. If you're getting to seven counters on this and you've had a five five flyer in turn, you know, for like three turns, unless you just sacked a million creatures all at once, uh, you should have won the game. But hey, maybe you're doing some blitzing, right? Maybe you're doing some like rallying where like you sack the creatures, right? Who knows? Who's to say? Maybe I'm throwing cats and ovens on my demon ship. Maybe you're doing it. Maybe you're throwing cats and ovens there, right? I, I don't know if we're mainboarding this card, but like this seems like a fun sideboard card for grindy matchups where it's like, yeah, after a couple turn cycles, we've, we're, you know, because that scry one's going to be really important for Cat Oven, and eventually you just stop put, scrying and start drawing cards while beating face the 5-5. Five five. Like, seems uh, seems pretty good for some of the grindier matchups. Yeah, makes sense to me. Uh, I want to talk about um, Lanawar Green Widow. For Tuna Green, it's a 4-3 Reach Trampler. 
Um, with Domain, hey, Domain's back. Domain, seven and a green. Return Llanowar Green Widow from your graveyard to the battlefield. Tap, it gains. This permit will leave the battlefield. Exile instead. This will cost one less for each basic land type among the lands you control. So we get a 4-3 Reach Trampler. Pretty good stat line there. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we can play it again later from our yard. Yeah, I think that's just a pretty strong card. I think, you know, if you're playing green, unfortunately you tend to get to be doing more broken things than this right now. Yeah. I mean, you know, we might be looking at, like, a rock strategy if we just want to play some, like, Boomer Jund, maybe. Yeah, yeah, you, you could definitely do that. Um, what do you think about the, like, Phyrexian cycle of cards? Oh, the, uh, what are they, the Dominated? Those those ones where it's, like, the... Yeah, I think... Sorry, the the, defi- the, the Defiler cycle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we only have the red and blue one, yeah? I think the, we have the green one, because the green one puts a plus one, plus one counter on each creature you control. Oh, yeah, the green one's sick. Yeah, the green one's um, pretty fun. Blue one, think, and they also give your spells of the, their color... Uh, uh, Phyrexian mana. Phyrexian mana. Yeah. For just one of the mana, right? Um, uh, you may, if you pay life, only the amount of, this factor is only the amount of blue mana. Yeah, I think it's just one. I think you can only do it once. You may pay two life. The spell, if you paid life this way. Yeah, yeah, So it gives all your, your on-color spells, like, it turns one of their pips into Phyrexian mana symbol. That's what it looks like as as we see it right now. Yeah. Um. So the blue one is draw a card when you play a blue permanent spell. Like you said, the green one puts a counter on everything, which is pretty sick. Was that? The Filer of Vigor? Yeah. Yeah, that guy. It's also just a 6-6 six, six beater, like a 6-6 six, six trampler. Like, that seems pretty good. And then the white one is a 5-mana 5-5 five, five Vigilance, which is eh, but it gives you a 1-1 one, one token. The white one might be the weakest, I think, so far. What do you think? Yeah, the white one seems like the weakest. Like, um, okay, what do you think about cards that I don't think we have the visual for, but we know are spoiled? I well, they were leaked, and I don't want to go into those just yet. Okay, those no, that's, that's probably they'll, they'll artificially revealed. Um, a card oh, yeah. I think will actually see some play. I'm not. Sure, it's not like OP busted, but a card that I do think will see some play, just because it's an already existing deck, is Scout the Wilderness. Okay, this is expensive, so I could I could very well be wrong. Right, but uh, you get two colorless and a green, and you can kicker it for one in white. And I thought the kicker was honestly one white at first, but it's it's one in white, so this card's a little bit worse, right? But you search your library for a basic land card, put it on the battlefield, tapped, then shuffle. If the spell was kicked, create two one one uh, white soldier creature tokens. This is pretty good in like transmogrify style decks, you know? Yeah. So um, you know, you don't usually necessarily play white, but you definitely can, right? These decks in, in the past have like played a lot of white to them in order to play um, that white saga from a long time ago. Uh, Elspeth Conqueror's death? No, no, it's or the two-mana History one. of Benalia. Uh, the one that gives you the wall token? Yeah, so uh, the three modes are you get a planes to your hand, make a wall, gain two life. Those are the three things. Birth of Miletus. Birth of Miletus, thank you so much. Yeah, that's that's the one I was thinking of. So uh, you can play that to get more to get more tokies and stuff like that. So I could see this being a card. You know, I don't know if it helps like the budget version of the deck at all, but I do think it makes sense there where like you get to fix your mana. And, uh, you know, at that point you've already gotten five. So it's like, well, you know, eh. but like early, early you can cast it to fix your mana. And it's got that upside if you need it to, to make you some tokens in order to get off your, your uh, effects there, you know? Yeah, for sure. 
all in all, like, what do you what do you think of the set so far? So far, we're looking good, and it's kind of funny because like a lot of these cards I've talked about were like uncommons. I think like the commons yeah. and uncommons so far like make more sense for Pioneer in uh, what they do, and some of the rares I think are fun. They definitely seem a little cute. I think there's a little bit of hype around Shauna, but we might have to go around her, go over her like next time, or or talk more about her in in depth in the future or whatever Shauna is, uh, you know, going forward. Yeah, because at first it was spoiled to me that this was a commander card and not in the no, main it's re- set. It's re- it's regular set. Yeah, now it's now it's regular set, set. So I'm like, huh. Yeah. So uh, a lot of the rares, like yeah, I know Ricky went over a couple of them. We went over a couple of them, but I'm excited to see what the rest of the set looks like, and maybe we'll do like a little bonus episode or something like that. Yeah, there's a lot of spoilers, and like I said, we're we're definitely rushing through them. There's a lot of t- cards to talk about. Um, so next week we'll wrap up spoilers. Kind of go over those, and then we'll also probably break down our our kind of top picks for the set, and then we'll do a patron, a big Patreon episode like we normally do, kind of uh, going over our debate process for what becomes our uh, our final top five list there. And uh, yeah, so uh, again, sorry to sorry to kind of rush through that, but there's a lot of cards. Spoiler season's only a week now, and uh, there's a lot to get through. So if we didn't talk about a card that you like so far. Let us know in the Discord or the comments on Twitter or Reddit, wherever, and uh, we will endeavor to make sure we talk about it on next week's show. There we go. Let us know. All right. And, uh, of course, I want to say as we end up here, thank you, everyone, for listening and tuning in every week. Uh, We love making this content, and we will keep making this content. Uh, But, of course, this content is helped by our wonderful Patreon, patreon.com slash crew3mt. G, and uh, if you join the Patreon and any of the wonderful tiers we have available, you get to ask us a listener question, and it could sound something like this. Uh, Mild Pro asks, how did the entire Brushwag thing start? Um, I wish I had a better answer to give you other than he just looked like a little little shredder head, and uh, I loved him. Yeah, I think it, I think it started in draft. Was what it was. It's like we were drafting the card, and the card's like yeah. really good in draft because again, you just throw yeah. all your open man into it. So like, I think there was a joke with like one of us where we were just like flooding out, drawing lands as we are prone to do, and we were just like, oh, more fuel for the brush wag, right? And yeah. so like it just became so dick ridiculous. I'm pretty sure with me, where like I just top decked yeah. eight lands in a row, and we were just like more fuel for the brush the brush wag. And, you know, and like not only that was like I also found out because that was like when we just started streaming Mitgo. Yeah. And I found out you could open Brushwag in the chests as an avatar. Yeah. And so like the early league videos we did for YouTube were like the quest for the wag avatar. Yeah. Yeah. Um so that's kind of like it's it's just he's just goofy. I love the art. And then I made little uh Brushwag as Palpatine meme. Uh it's just a fun little goofy guy. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I, the the mythos definitely starts with like drafting him in in some ridiculous draws where we like just kind of memed on the thing. But it became official when we were like, oh my gosh, you can get a brushwag, and then it just you know became a thing ever after ever since yeah. then. Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right. Well, uh, again, if you want to have an awesome, if you want to hear your question asked like that and help us keep this show going, patreon.com slash crew three mtg, where there's other things available besides just. Uh, exclusive channel access on the discord and stuff like that chris where can the people find you on the socials you can find me on the tweeters at it's underscore christmas 
Does Christmas have a T? Christmas has no T. There we go. And of course, you can find me at Crew3Podcast, talking about all the good stuff we have coming out there. Also retweeting stuff for the wonderful people, uh, rest of the team over at playingpioneer.com for all more of your Pioneer content needs. We also have a YouTube and Twitch account, Crew3MTG, which have been on hiatus for a little bit because uh, I got married this year and then have just been really busy ever since. Uh, but when our CQ season's over after this week, uh, we're hoping to kind of get that stuff rolling again. So be on the lookout for more content over there, at least on the YouTube side. I think Ricky's going to try to take over the Twitch channel for us. So uh, yeah, look out for content there in the coming weeks as we end our CQ season. Uh, we'll talk to y'all next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.